0: As we approach the end of a calendar year, many of us have the practice of looking back on the year that was, reflecting on the highs and lows of the year, and shape our dreams and aspirations for the coming year. At Software People Stories, we are running a special series of conversations with people on their own approaches, as well as practices and stories of how their thinking has changed over the years. Today, I'm in conversation with S. Gopalan, my colleague from PM Power and an industry veteran. He prefers to be called Gopal. In this conversation, he shares that uh, reflections are good and how his own perspective on annual cycles of appraisal and feedback or half yearly cycles have changed over time. You know that he is not fond of setting medium term or long term goals such as losing weight, over the next three months, six months, etc., but rather prefers to take up things that would help make changes in his daily routines and how taking micro goals per day could possibly be accumulated and sometimes completed as a binge activity. Uh, he talks about the benefit of making commitments public so that there is pressure from others also to nudge you towards your goal and how his approaches are different when reflecting on two different contexts that he is actively associated with. One, a loosely structured team, such as PM Power, and a more structured team with tight timelines, which is global automation. And what we as coaches need to think about differently and about tools that will help us deliver more impactful engagements. He talks about the value of reflections at least to make one feel secure and confident about the future. And that you should have a plan, but be open to modifying it and adapting dynamically as you make progress. Listen on. Yeah, Hi, Gopal. Welcome back to the Software People Stories.
1: It's always a pleasure, Shiv, talking with you. And especially these sessions have been very good because it makes me think, which I normally don't do.
0: Actually, this time I thought I will use these sessions to think a little more because one of the challenges that I've been having, I've not been able to find a reasonable uh, or a, an effective answer for myself is around this time of the year when many people get into a reflection mode as to you know whatever happened and then into a planning mode saying uh, what are some new year resolutions we can make or what are some things that will happen, how things will change overnight pretty much between December 31st and January 1st. It's all about hope, I guess. Uh, So the few broad questions that I had were about uh, how do people do this, attain this? Is this even something that is worth doing? And what are some practices that have helped or that uh, in general, like new year resolutions, they say, for things like uh, reducing weight, uh, or attending to a gym and all that, actually doesn't last very long. Uh, And if this keeps happening every year, but still, we do that. Right. So I wanted to understand what your experience has been and uh, any insights that you might have, and then we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, I uh, I personally feel this reflection is good. It's like... uh... I had this uh, feeling towards uh, appraisal systems, you know, I used to be a very strong critic of the whole appraisal process and feedback and stuff like that. Because I used to say that, you know, feedback is instantaneous and as and when you feel it, you should say it, which Mm -hmm. is uh, definitely something that I think has its merit. So does uh, appraisal session, because Mm -hmm. what happens when you sit down and look back at how the six months uh, a person, uh, you're being able to observe a person perform, you get a better uh, cogency in your observ- observations. Otherwise, it's mostly reactions. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely makes you think whether that person was actually that way or whether other patterns were there. A whole lot of things, it gives it throws light into your own observations that you, you might have made earlier into a different uh, shape. Mm-hmm. So similarly, I think even uh, when it comes to, I'm not a great believer in making these resolutions which have like goals. Like if you took the same example of losing weight, mm-hmm. I'm not fond of uh, setting goal of saying you should lose five kilos in three months or five kilos in six months. I don't believe in that kind of uh, resolutions, but I definitely think, uh, rather I prefer to do, I don't think there is one right way, but the way I prefer to do is what are the changes that I can make on uh, on, my, on my daily schedule or regular uh, approach to uh, achieve something that I really want to do. It need not be a specific goal. For example, let's say I don't decide uh, saying that Uh, like a simple example is instead of deciding that I will read a book every month,
0: Mm. what
1: I would rather decide is, I will try and read half an hour every day. Mm. And uh, see, if it's the same goal, uh, but just the way, so I I don't know whether it's a resolution, but I believe making those daily changes and altering your own um, schedule is easier to Uh, For me, it's much easier to uh, accept and develop rather than because I maybe I am a procrastinator. So, if I said I'll book uh, finish one book every month, maybe like uh, on one year towards the end of the month, I'll start reading the book so I can finish it. That that may be something that I have a weakness to do. I kind of and I'm not a I don't sit down and do so much planning, also. So, I I prefer to do this. daily routine modifications for me to do well so if you take uh, 2024 what we want to do or anything like that i think the direction and what are the actions that we need to take which will culminate into something in 2024 is how i would do it so i i do feel it is very important because it helps you do a lot of course correction and remove something that you've been trying, but it has not been yielding result, then you kind of say, okay, maybe I need to do it either differently or not. There's no point pursuing. So Hmm. I do think that it happens, but I'm not so, what do you call that religious about it. I just do it. And uh, actually I get triggered when I see these things, posting saying that I've made this resolution and I read somebody saying, uh, the year went by like this, then I start, uh, I don't do it on my own. That's mm. that's uh, that's what I notice is my
0: general trait uh,
1: when it comes to these reflections.
0: So a couple of things. I liked when you said that rather than saying, I'll finish a book and say, I'll read every day, uh, which is uh, the way I, I read it was, um, you're trying to create a discipline and a habit of doing something. And uh, that's definitely a change in the behavior. But if there is no goal to finish a book, you may read half an hour. But then I might, sometimes I get into this. That is why I kind of stopped buying books. Uh, Because what I realized was that earlier uh, in the airport, somewhere else you pick up a book because it is interesting. Then you read it. By the time you come back after the trip, you have not finished it yet. And then you say, okay, it is always there. We'll finish it. So I said, rather than uh, buying books, let me borrow books from a library. That way, at least, there is that guilt feeling. Uh, so having some timeline as also as a goal, whether it is in a half an hour or so, uh, now has that been a problem for you in terms of particularly reading of finishing? And if it is more about the input or what you would do versus you know, what you want to complete or you know, achieve.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it happens, Shivak. Like, honestly, I also have quite a few books that uh, that I don't go back to after doing like one third, two third. Um, mm-hmm. I justify it to myself by saying, okay, well, I knew the trend, and I know if it's go- it's going to end this way, so it's okay and all that. But it's actually lack of discipline uh, when it comes to not finishing the books. But mm-hmm. it's it's more like most of the books that I've got hooked onto. Normally, I finish reading. In fact, the thing that I notice is that I will say half an hour every day. Mm. Then I will tell that if I miss one day, I will compensate by another half an hour the next day. Then the, it will kind of pile up sometimes. Then the weekend I will come uh, do it. That time what happens is, if you have done one hour also, if there is a little bit left, then you say, okay, I will finish this. So that's, that's one way I overcome that that problem, but yes, that happens. In fact, it is worse with this, after OTTs have come, no, even programs on TV and all that, I tend to see for some time and I say, okay, I think I know, but I'll come back to this later. And I put, so if you really go to my TV and you switch on and look at my viewership, it will say a lot of things will be in resume, 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 because I would have seen. 20 minutes of a 30 minute program, 30 minutes of a one hour, like that, there are a lot of things. That, that problem is there. I think it is good to have a combination. Uh, like I said, this works for me better than setting a goal because I I tend to say that the one thing that I keep failing is writing. Hmm. Every time I make this thing saying, every day I will write half an hour. Uh, I just, uh, for some reason, The day I make that decision, maybe for about three, four days, I will write some half a page, one page and stuff like that. Then it kind of, uh, it goes into the back burner. I I still don't know why it is, Uh, but yeah, I I have that problem also. So I think you're right. If you have a target saying that and you do the changes together, it may be a better idea. But you should put that pressure onto yourself. I, I think sometimes I tell people, make your commitments public. Mm. See the the thing is, you I set a goal and only I know about the goal. Mm. It's easy to kind of come up with reasons and not really pursue it. So I I normally try to tell some close people saying I want to do this by this time or something like that. Then that will act as a pressure on me, saying that. You know, what did the guy ask? What did he do about it? So let me do it. So I do that trick also. Every now and then I expose what I decided I want to do. And it it's a positive thing. Many of my friends can push me saying, mm. do it. So yeah, that's true. That I also have the same same issue of not finishing books uh, in me also. Yeah.
0: I also have similar experience both with watching OTTs and also these resolutions being made public. But then the effect on me has been, or the impact has been a little different. What happens is when you find a lot of these resume watching, then first you have to decide which one to continue first. (laughs) And many times, if it is after a gap, I would have forgotten what happened. So you have to (laughs) rewatch something. Yeah. On this commitment, uh, you also know this person, Narali and a few years ago i said that i want to write a book then he said like i will start bugging you and he used to regularly do that initially it used to be you know every month then it came every quarter but after a couple of years he gave up because there is not much progress beyond probably the first chapter so i think yeah it also requires some inherent motivation to do it yeah
1: um, I, 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 I don't know yeah i remember you Many years ago, you wanted to write something called Software Kundalini, right? Yeah. I I don't remember how long ago, maybe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) A related thing. See, you obviously wear multiple hats. And if I just take uh, two of those in a similar context, now one is about uh, PM power, and the other is global automation. I mean, at the cost of uh, oversimplifying or this thing generalizing, uh, PM power is probably a fairly loosely knit and a fluid, flexible kind of an operation. Whereas uh, you require, you know, more discipline, more deadlines, more process orientation, all that for global. So when you start reflecting on these, uh, I mean, how are you able to either have a same approach or different approaches in thinking about those contexts and even looking forward?
1: Okay, I actually don't think I uh, treat that in such a scientifically isolated manner. I just work I think the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually stumped me. I never thought about it in that way mm-hmm. but what has happened is in global, because uh, it's more than 27 years now, I mean, we are about 27 uh, years old, and there is a lot of what do you call the cohesion in the uh, senior group uh, mm-hmm. as to how this works and all those kind of things. A lot of uh, good work, good foundation laid by people from the earlier days as actually solidified the general thing. It's like, um, do as Romans do when in Rome kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when people come within a few months, they generally get to know how this happens and all that. Mm -hmm. So even if you take just within global, uh, there is this um, uh, data operation, which is uh, private equity analytics that we do. Mm -hmm. And then there is this other uh, software development operation. Uh, even between the two, if I look at it, software development, So, you, and then you have PM power. So in PM power, we don't have deadlines at all. I mean, mm-hmm. in the sense that it is coaching schedule based and stuff like that. We don't have a development delivery kind of a mm-hmm. thing, right? And then in software, we have like delivery schedule and you have periodic uh, deliverables and then there is targets and then you go. And then if you take the analytics team, it's almost a daily deliverable kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I notice that there is a difference in the kind of attention these things uh, uh, seek. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, uh, since I am luckily not too deeply involved in the day operations of uh, data analytics, uh, I don't feel the pressure. But you know the team does that. But mm-hmm. I do notice the kind of uh, interventions required or the type type of questions are suggestions uh, or consulting that is sought from the teams mm-hmm. is quite varied. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't I, I, I think I have this tendency to just react when when that thing comes then you mm-hmm. get into that mold. you don't think about the other one. I haven't actually until you asked this question I didn't compare them mm-hmm. as to how I am behaving. I knew that there were these were different mm-hmm. but I don't think I had actually consciously said, if this is the way I'm doing this, this is the way I'm doing this or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's mainly sought interventions from any one of these teams. I just kind of uh, act accordingly, become with them, and then don't compare it with something else. But it does become an issue when you know when two of these teams, particularly software and say the analytics, they when they discuss operational procedures or things like that. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference in the way they approach. So sometimes sitting in the middle and to come up with a compromise that will be acceptable to both of them and not make them feel under stress is always interesting and it takes some amount of effort. In fact, for example, if you take this year, we completely gave up work from home. Because Mm -hmm. during COVID, we took up work from home Mm -hmm. and then we said we'll continue it as an option. Mm -hmm. But what happens in a smaller team is that it becomes extremely difficult Mm -hmm. to operationally manage. So initially, Mm -hmm. the uh, data analytics team said, no, I don't think we can. The management of the team said, Mm -hmm. we can't support this. You know, people suddenly not showing up and all that. So, But software was a little more comfortable. Then when the new people started joining the software group, they realized it's not working too well. Mm -hmm. So we have almost gone back Uh, to full work from office model now, Mm. whereas in PM Power, we have operated only from working in every different location on a regular way.
0: Um, A couple of more dimensions or layers to this, Uh, see one, you talked about uh, the analytics team pretty much working on a daily kind of a schedule and uh, software. Development also has milestones, deliverables, and so on, uh, which I'm assuming is probably going to be either you know, monthly or weekly, quarterly type of a thing. Uh, and of course, PM Power is a different uh, model. So, is there any sanctity for the period of looking ahead or planning? Because when we say New Year resolution thing, this year I want to do that. But that year is still you know, a long time away. You know, twelve months, ten <laughs> <five> days, whatever. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. at that time we feel that okay, one year is a good time. Or some of the conventions that are like there, meeting one hour. But what is so scientifically and what is so sacred about you know one hour? Can it be a, a twenty-minute meeting or a fifty-minute meeting or a half an hour meeting, stuff like that? So your concept of the uh, maybe a unit concept of time. What is something that is reasonable? And then I'll ask a second question
1: after that. Yeah. Um, actually, the way I look at, let's say, if you ask me what is it that you will do towards 2024, uh, and let me just state what kind of things that uh, that we are looking at. See, if, if you take what 2023 did to the whole industry, anything at, associated with technology, this LLMs coming and shaking the whole uh, scene up and now uh the way we are imagining it fictionally how this ai is going to do i'm leaving all that out but in actual reality you know that there are a lot of applications it's like how when the cloud came you knew that it's not that everything is going to go to the cloud but it is going to definitely shift the landscape and a lot of uh, exploitation of the cloud infrastructure is going to happen. You knew that for sure. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I think there's going to be a lot of exploitation of um, LLM uh, Mm -hmm. that will happen in the coming. The way even we are thinking about software and all that, I I believe will take a huge shift. In -hmm. fact, one of the things that I discussed with the software team was your idea of Quizall. Uh, acting in conjunction with such uh, engines uh, for evaluation and things like that. So I think in each one of these, there is going to be a different uh, different impact. So for, uh, for something like PM Power in the consulting space, I think that the model completely shifting is going to be a while, but I think we need to start preparing for an assisted model, like a A tool that is a lot more smart, and which will actually reduce the amount of routine thinking that we need to do and routine exercise. So, you know that that kind of uh, approach will happen. So, what can we do is what I think I can do. Rather than yeah, operationally we need to look at sales pipeline and those. Those I'm not saying that as a major planning action. I think this is more uh, more. In that I find that it is the same thing that we did 20 years ago. Can we drill more into the same account and get more business? Can we go sideways? It's a standard stuff that we do. But I think the shift in the paradigm is what, what we need to start learning. And not only the tools. I think even as coaches, we need to start believing that we can use a tool like that. It's uh-huh. like I remember when we came up for products for private equity, uh, you know, GPs. They were very happy doing the work with the spreadsheets. They didn't really want to do any software based uh, uh, a tool that is tuned for their action because they felt their whole whole power is not really being utilized. So like that we shouldn't have a problem is what I think there we need to do both in software and in data analytics. The impact of this during 2024 is what uh, Uh, We have been discussing saying that we need to get people exposed to this as a platform. It's like suddenly relational database um, Is there or there is no SQL, something like that comes then you need to prepare for how you build solutions that leverage that uh, aspect like that I think we need to start thinking differently even software systems that we build architectures need to take that into account and Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not clear in my mind, but I see a shift in that. So the planning window, if you ask me is whether it should be quarter or <clears throat> I think, like I said about even personal, you should have a larger direction in which you want to go. Mm-hmm. But your planning should be what do we do now for the next three months to six months mm-hmm. in each one of these things mm-hmm. Is uh, is, I think, is a more meaningful window. I don't think. To be sure about what we will do six months from now is very difficult in my opinion. We can be sure that we want to do this and it is going to take three to six months. Anything significant we do, it's not going to be one week, two week, it's going to be three to six months, but we need to start reviewing. So, you know, this whole thing that Agile practices is -hmm. going to become the way, I mean, in in principle and in spirit, that is how I think everything will happen in, in, in the coming future. So, I don't know whether I can answer that Question precisely saying, What is the time unit that you would take for planning? Um, I think we should mix Japanese direction and uh, long term vision with American quarter wise planning. That's what I think we
0: should do. Yeah. Yeah. The reason for that question was also uh, if you take a couple of uh, contexts, see when COVID happened, uh, between say March and June, I think by June, pretty much all organizations somehow figured out what is the best way for them to work in a dispersed manner. A sudden dispersion happened. Both tech as well as non-tech organizations. Uh, More closer home, last uh, October, I think, if I remember right, I had this podcast conversation recorded with a stealth company working on LLMs and a very specific vertical application. And it sounded, uh, at least the founder's uh, belief that this is going to take off and then uh, this has a lot of potential. And uh, he was specifically targeting these uh, huge defense RFP responses, where you know, the company spend millions of dollars just responding to RFPs. Okay. And there is so much of proprietary content that each company has. Uh, which they want to leverage because, based on what worked in the past, etc., at the same time, it is competitive, it can't be too different, and so on. Uh, so, after recording, they said, Yeah, we'll publish it. And the, the uh, publishing date was January. That is probably the first, I think, podcast this year, which we also published as a video. In between, ChatGPT happened <laughs> last November or so. Nobody saw p- it coming until <laughs> that time. And suddenly, in the next three months, You see, early this year, and even now, there are a lot of these small applications that ride on ChatGPT. The underlying engine is still one of those, but then they have been able to create, uh, I would say probably uh, not in a condescending way, Mickey Mouse applications. Uh, Something that probably does some specific thing, but then leverages something that is already there. So which means, even companies that were not looking at this space, Now, all now want to have something saying chatbot, my chatbot, AI enabled, AI became everywhere. So again, when it comes to planning and timelines, if uh, usually this uh, year-end reflection or the new year resolutions and all that is more on the personal side, okay? Because companies do have their own cycles of planning and uh, long-term plan, medium-term plan and all that. So when you mix as an individual, your, professional roles, commitments, expectations, etc., and some of the personal priorities, which also i like you to change from time to time, uh, how does that make this whole process more complicated? So ultimately the question is, is it worth doing the reflection?
1: I think doing the reflection makes us feel a little more secure. Uh, you are right. Because the dynamics of the various things, you know, like you say, personally, uh, you know, things happen which you don't uh, predict, good or bad, you know, they, they keep happening. And then you don't anticipate some of the bad that might happen. And you think your time is fully available and you say, okay, I want to do this, 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 and this. And a lot of this get compromised. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it warrants a huge risk planning exercise. It becomes too boring, I think, beyond the point. Yeah. I think uh, I, I do think that you should have a plan so that you can uh, keep going and uh, see, uh, but always be open to uh, modifying that or making, I mean, I'm not saying make a mockery of the plan that we did, but that's why i think that direction is very important mm-hmm. and then you keep tweaking your uh, plan towards getting to the towards that end in ways that are most appropriate and uh, time bound tactically you may need to do certain changes for example uh, you know we assume certain uh, inflows and certain cash flow positions based on the business that has been going on and you know most of it uh, is pretty steady or whatever. And then you say, so so much we are going to be investing and so we can uh, deploy so much resource into something, but suddenly a lot of unexpected things happen. For example, some client might just decide that he's not going to continue or some some loss in revenue or something like that happens or some key people are uh, around whom you put some plan together Uh, are not available for a variety of reasons, it will pull you down a little bit. But you should not, I think that you should be agile enough to just uh, shake it off and then start what next and then see how we can go from there. Yeah. But I still think you need something to go by. Otherwise, it will be very difficult. Um, Like I said, I don't have very concrete uh, things. You have Components and it's like buffet. You know, make them available. Take what you want and keep going. Whatever that suits you. That, that way I think it will work. But yeah, that. but I don't think we can just give up. Uh, not that anything bad will happen, but you may lose sight of some of the things that are happening. For example, unless you start preparing, you know, getting to understand how to work with some new technology is not going to happen unless you start uh, intentionally spending t- some resources in that area. So for that you need those things, but it may not happen the way you want, yeah, but but then that's life.
0: yeah I think one takeaway for me from what you said is that uh, while at the in the work context, yeah, all these benefits of preparing for something and they also say you know, this uh, failing to plan is planning to fail and all that that's the other extreme. but on the yeah, other the- side, I think uh, this whole planning or the uh, expectation of looking forward to something, either in you know, a changing or achieving and all that, I think gives more confidence to oneself and also more importantly hope. Yeah. However bad things might be or however things might have gone not as per plan earlier, there is a hope that you know, we'll be able to do that, and then that itself probably you know, is able to drive us to make progress.
1: Yeah, I think that, yeah, it actually gives us better ideas. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you get up and that excitement will be there. Oh, I'm going to try this, try that, whatever it is. And uh, I think mind adjusts very easily. If something doesn't work, it says, okay, let's go for something else. I don't think it just uh, gets pulled down. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. on that note, Gopal, I think it has been a great conversation. And then I think at least uh, I will attempt one more plan for next year at the end of the year. Uh, let see how it goes. Same here. Same here.
1: It's only 60-70 times that I've done it. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, Chef. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Thank. It was a pleasure. Thank you, pleasure. Pleasure, Chef. Thank you.